Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 480, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. In this week's episode, I am going to share with you another incredibly encouraging and inspirational podcasting story that I think that you're going to love. Somebody from our community here who has been listening for years and once again has not reached out until just this past week. And so, got another email that I'm going to share with you and and I believe that it will be a blessing and an encouragement to all who hear it. Uh, but first thing I want to do is start off with a quick question that came in from Adrian Olson and it has to do with maybe time management or, well, actually that is what she said. So let me just read her question. She says, Cliff, I have a question for you. The time management piece of this is beginning to get tricky for me. The more that I get the podcast produced and the training materials published, uh, the more clients I seem to pick up. And as a result of that, I have less time for podcasting and serving. What are your thoughts related to this? Well, it doesn't go into great detail, but it's enough to give me a little bit of an idea. And of course, I have experienced this. And for those of you who have been podcasting for a very long time and having your one of your main goals for your podcast is for it to generate new business for your business or new clients or new customers, whatever you call members of people who are buying from your business, if that's your goal and you've been podcasting for quite some time, you've probably ran into this challenge. And I do have some thoughts just off the top of my head. The first one that I would say is don't lose sight of what brought you those clients in the first place. I know in my own experience, clients didn't just show up overnight. Um, It was after having built a relationship with them where they were consuming the podcast content Uh, They had come to know, like, and trust me as a result of hearing my voice, not just one week, two weeks, sometimes many many months, and sometimes even years before they decided to work with me for some people. And so the one thing that I would say is that if you're not, if you don't remain consistent in doing the things that brought you these clients, now I'm not saying just podcasting. But if you don't remain consistent in doing the types of things that brought these clients in in the first place, my feeling and my experience has been, my own personal experience has been, is that the flow of new clients may not remain consistent either. Now, I'm not saying that you have to slavishly continue to create new content for your podcast on a rigorous uh, schedule. Uh, There is the possibility for you to have such a vast archive where people can even, though you may not have published any new content in the last three weeks, they could still look at your back catalog, subscribe to it, and fall in love with you and decide, hey, Adrian's the person I want to work with. And so once you've established yourself some good archives, I, I I think that that can still work out with you, for you. However, with the caveat I want to say, though, is that oftentimes when people are looking for podcasts, they are looking in some cases, not every case, but in some cases they are looking to see how recent the most recent episode was published. So, for example, when searching for a new podcast on a certain topic, they might actually go back, they might look at the listing of different shows, and as they click on your show, they'll look to see when was the last episode published. And if the last episode was published, you know, more than nine months ago, they might think, well, this person's probably not actively pursuing this any further. Uh, So watch out that your published dates on your podcast episodes don't communicate something that you don't want, if you know what I'm saying. So for me personally, Podcast Answer Man, I know that this podcast is mission critical for me to consistently maintain a steady, steady. I I was going to say stream, but then I wanted to add steady. So a steady stream. Uh, If I want to maintain a stream of ongoing brand new clients into what I'm doing, I know that creating weekly content here for Podcast Answer Man is mission critical. 
It is. Uh, in fact, I can tell you this because, well, there have been periods of times over the years that I have uh, taken weeks off or I wasn't as consistent with what day of the week. And so people didn't know if there was going to be an episode this week and if there was going to be an episode, what day is it coming out on? And I can s- tell you that when I've had those times, those seasons of inconsistency, I've also seen a, a, a trailing effect. It's not an immediate effect, but a trailing effect uh, where I see a decrease in the number of digital sales, uh, digital tutorial sales. I see a, a decrease in equipment sales. I'll see a, 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 a slight decrease in the number of people who sign up for podcasting A to Z the next time I run one. I, I, I do see those things. And so for me, uh, back in January of this year, and I'm almost finished with this one-year commitment that I, I said to my audience, I said, you're going to get an episode every single Friday by 5 a.m. in the year of 2016. And I've lived up to that. And I can tell you right now, it has had a significant positive impact on the consistent flow of new clients into my business. So, it, and, and by the way, there have been many times, in fact, when every time I do podcasting A to Z, which is about four to six months out of the year, uh, and, and it's a month at a time, so I, every time I do podcasting A to Z, it is, it is a, I, I actually will say it is a pain sometimes. I love what I'm doing. Trust me. I love to communicate with you. I, this, it brings me great joy. And trust me, this isn't just a marketing thing for me. This is, this is so much more. I, I love the encouraging and inspirational thing. But, but I make no qualms about it. I, I make no apology about the fact that also there is a very real uh, monetary reason why, behind what I'm doing here as well. I, I desire to generate income for my business, for my, which supports my family and my dreams and goals and the things that I'm called to do in this life. And so th- th- that is the one thing. This podcast is... It is, it is driven by my desire to generate income, but is also desire. It is also driven by my desire to have a powerful and positive impact in the lives of those who listen, whether they pay me or not, ever. So, with that being said, what I'm saying is that I love doing this content, but there are some times where I've got so many commitments. That I'm doing, that I'm committed to, so many projects that I'm working on, that it is literally difficult to squeeze in the recording of a podcast episode. So much so that sometimes I'm recording because I have set this deadline and I'm committed to this deadline. There have been times when I don't go to bed until well five o'clock in the morning, right when I'm right when it's the deadline for me to get this published. I'm hitting published and in WordPress. It's not scheduled. It's being published at five o'clock in the morning. And then I go and sleep all half the day on a Friday. That's happened to me several times this year. So, yeah, don't lose sight of of that. And I'm not saying that um, if you're not consistent with your podcast, I'm saying if you're not consistent with all of the thing or with with an overall um, effort of the things that you brought you in. And so she mentioned it wasn't just her podcast that's bringing in new clients, but she's also creating training materials. I'm sure she's doing. She's engaging with people on social media. And she says it's not even just her podcast publishing that's suffering, but also she says that she has, she says, I have less time for podcasting and for serving. All right. And I'll get back to the serving in just a second. But um, there, there are some things that I would have to say about this idea of um, pu- publishing these episodes. So, first and foremost, there's something to be said for having this amazing archive of, of, of content. There's also the example that I can give you of that is the Virtual Assistant Podcast. Now, if you go to virtualassistantpodcast.com, I think that was 2012. I'm just going to pull it up here. Virtualassistantpodcast.com. And no, it was 2010. So this is six years ago, almost seven years ago now. I I'll, Yeah, I think next month it'll be seven years when I started this. But anyway... Uh, about seven years ago, I started the Virtual Assistant Podcast, and it ended up being 38 weekly episodes. And after 38 episodes, I decided I am finished talking about virtual assistants. Now, why did I create that podcast? 
I created that podcast because I knew a lot of people would be interested in virtual assistants. And I knew that people would be searching for a podcast related to the topic of virtual assistants. And now I could have talked about, you know, I, I could have talked about my virtual assistant journey here in this podcast and included it. But I knew that if I had a podcast called The Virtual Assistant Podcast, that would actually gain subscribers who were specifically looking for that content. Whereas if it was the Cliff Ravenscraft show and I had a couple episodes here and there, um, I knew that, well, I'd pick, I would pick up more subscribers who were looking for that content with that particular podcast set out on its own. And not only that, but I don't think you guys want to hear me talk about virtual assistants here in this podcast for 38 weeks in a row where every single episode is all about virtual assistants. So that's why I created a podcast called the virtual assistant podcast. And the, the story behind, or the moral of the story behind that podcast is that I did 38 episodes and after it was the the final episode was December 2010, so that was exactly t- uh, six years ago. I I recorded my last episode, and I have not produced a single episode. I have not done anything to promote this podcast, nothing at all to promote this podcast. And here, six years later, on average, it picks up about 100 new subscribers every single month. So one uh, on average, a uh, one hundred people hear about me for the very first time. They've never heard the name Cliff Ravenscraft before, ever. And now, as a result of this podcast, one hundred new people—that's twelve hundred people a year. So over a thousand people a year hear about me for the very first time as a result of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. Six years later, and because there are only thirty-eight episodes. All of those people listen to all 38 episodes. And by the end of 38 episodes, guess what? They have come to know me. And also, they almost see me as a friend. How many times have you heard people you know, say, hey, when I share with you feedbacks, like, man, I feel like I'm your, you're my friend. I feel like I know you. I feel like we're best friends. And I get that feedback a lot. And so after 38 weeks or three, 38 episodes, you know, episodes, which most of those are about 30 minutes to an hour. So uh, they've listened to my voice for quite some time consistently. And by the end of it, I've added so much valuable information and insight into that world related to that topic that they were desperately interested in. And now their lives are better as a result of it. And basically in the final three episodes of that podcast, I knew I was ending the show and I made it a point to let people know that this is, you know, we're coming up on the end of the episode. Uh, if you want to continue to find out what I'm doing, I hope that you'll check out podcastanswerman.com. And so I asked people to come search for this podcast after they were finished with that. And you know what? Not all 100 people every month go from the virtual assistant podcast into this podcast, but about 50 of them do. And so that is, what is that, about 600 new subscribers who are coming into this podcast. But it's not just that. But when it comes to podcasting A to Z, I do that four to six times a year. By the way, podcasting A to Z is a $2,000 course. And every single year, I get about six people, six people who say, Cliff, I first discovered you as a result of your virtual assistant podcast and I just found it 18 months ago and after listening to all 38 episodes I started listening to the Cliff Ravenscraft show actually they were saying the podcast answer man at the time but um, I started listening to your podcast and then what they would say is that and then all of a sudden it's like wait a second I've been it's fitted so much from having a podcast I would love to have a podcast on my own. And you started talking about your podcasting A to Z course. And that's why I've signed up for this course. But it all goes back to the original virtual assistant podcast. And that's about six people per year. So that's about $12,000 of income every year for a podcast where I haven't produced a single episode in over six years. So there you go. That that's there's something to be said for this value of having an amazing archive of content. But and and there's also something to be said about uh, the the 
option of doing seasons. Now, with the virtual assistant podcast, guess what? People are are searching for virtual assistant podcasts and they'll look at that most recent published date and they see that the most recent episode was December 2010. And you know what? There's plenty of people who will see that and they will completely ignore that podcast and think they may even think to themselves, well, that's back in 2000. That's more than six years ago. That's This information is probably not even relevant. So why should I even bother? And so there are a lot of people I potentially could have, uh, well, I know for a fact that if I was actually publishing new content every single week for the Virtual Assistant Podcast, it would have way more than a, a hundred new subscribers every month because, well, I would, I, I, I'd actually did the show live and when it was live every single week, I knew how it, it was, it was in the many, of, it was probably around eight or 9,000 people listening to every single episode as I was publishing it. The next one is, is there's, you could do seasons of your podcast. And so you, what you could do is, I don't know how many episodes you're on, Adrian, but let's just say you're on episode 15 and the clients are starting to roll in. Well, I, what I, what you might want to do is do, tw- say I'm going to do 20 episodes. And and then what you do is you take a, you know, a four-week hiatus or a six-week hiatus. And, and you call that first 20 episodes season one. And then you come back after you're refreshed and renewed and, and you've blocked out some time and you could come back for a season two. That is an option for you. And at least that way, when people are, you know, finding your show, they see that, you know, when was the last release date? Well, it's four weeks ago, six weeks ago, or whatever the case may be. At least it's not going to be off in, you know, with some unknown amount of time or some really long amount of time. So you could do seasons. I know uh, Michael Hyatt has been doing seasons for the last several years. It certainly hasn't negatively impacted his show. And again, he has a vast archive of amazing content. And so that, that's, the, that's what I'm saying here is if you have a great archive already, you can potentially slow down. But I will say that if you don't slow down on the production of new episodes, I believe that you won't, you won't suffer from the almost inevitable, inevitable slowdown of the flow of new clients. I'm not saying it's going to trickle to a halt, but it won't be as quick as if you were fresh every single week with a new episode. Because think about this. There are some of you who are listening to my voice. You look forward to hearing this show every single week. And I know that sounds maybe cocky of me to say that, but I only say that because that's what some people are telling me. In fact, I'm going to share with you an email in just a little bit of somebody says that you're my number one favorite podcast. And so I know that that he would be very much interested in hearing me every single Friday. And if I'm not there every single Friday and I stop producing content, then over time, he may potentially, and some of these people may unsubscribe. And and the idea of being top of mind is is really what we're going for when it when it comes to this consistency. So I'm going to strive towards consistency, but I'm giving you the option of thinking about the fact that you have an amazing archive, you could potentially do seasons. And the virtual assistant podcast, by the way, is is the whole concept of just doing a series. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm actually thinking about launching a couple series podcasts in 2017. And the idea is where I'm only going to do eight episodes and or maybe even six episodes. I'm going to do six episodes on a very focused topic. And that podcast is is going to be fully intended to only be that many episodes. And what it'll do is I, I will I will do the same in episode one. I will promote heavily uh, podcast answer man and and this particular show. And so yeah, that those are series. It, it's one where there's not going to be a second season. It's this is the end, and uh, and you move on. So yeah, there's that. The other thing that I would say, Adrian. And anyone else who's facing this is there. There, don't forget about the idea that you can become more efficient with your podcast production. So maybe there are some things that you're doing that is just taking up a ton of time. So is is there any way that maybe you can reduce the amount of time it takes you to edit the show? For example, um, for me, when I include when I do a show that has music in it and things of that nature, I use an audio clip jingle player and I have that 
piped in from my iPad into my mixer and then it goes into my digital audio recorder. That way, whenever I wanna play a jingle in a podcast, I don't have to put that in in post-production. I put that in while I'm recording the show and that way I don't have to edit it in in a multi-track session and fade the music. I'm doing all that live as I'm recording. And heck, if you want to, you could just drop the you can drop the audio jingles. How many audio jingles do you hear in this podcast lately? Not a lot in the beginning, and it's not because it's a lot of hard work. It's just the fact that since I've changed from the the podcast over to the Cliff Ravenscraft show, it hasn't been a priority for me to get new audio branding for this podcast. I will probably eventually, maybe. I don't know. It's it's certainly not even written down anywhere as something that I need to do. So it's that's how far down on my priority list getting audio branding for the show. But yeah, uh, the other thing that you could do is batch process. So maybe you could actually record four to six episodes in one day and edit them all and schedule them to be released. And that's another idea that you could do to to kind of fit, you know, the time management side of things when it comes to podcasting. And there is one other option, and that is you could hire somebody else to do all the post-production. So basically all you do is is come up with the content that you want to share. In fact, I've even done some things. Back when I was doing the virtual assistant podcast, I had my virtual assistant go out and research topics for me. And I said, hey, I need tips on this particular thing. I need 10 tips on how to do this with our vir- with a virtual assistant. And she went out and researched and came back with 10 different ideas um, or maybe 10 different pieces of software, 10, minute, 10 different things of this or five of this. And I would have my virtual assistant go out and research some of the content for that particular podcast. So even on the content uh, preparation side, you could hire an assist- a virtual assistant to help you do some of the research, some of the planning. You could have, and then from that point forward, you could have uh, you you do the recording of the show, and then you could have a somebody who is either a virtual assistant, or you could hire somebody who just does podcast post production as a service for their business. And those people can take your recording, and they, if you want, they can add your music in the front and the end of the show if you have that. They can go in and edit out all your ums if you want them to do that. They can go in and uh, save it as an MP3 file, and they can even write your show notes for you if you want them to and publish it. And all you have to do is whatever prep part you need to do for the preparation, hit record, send them the recording, and then you're finished. So lots of different ways that you can make more time for podcasting. My just, I'm again, I just, I know I've said it a couple times, and I'll move on. But the thing I would say, Adrian, and anyone else facing this, and by the way, I have faced this many times where I've got so many paid clients that are, you know, that and, and commitments and projects that I'm working on with them that, man, squeezing a podcast episode in is difficult. Uh, not because I don't have passion for it. Not be- It's just that there's so many other things that just have to be done, especially when you're making your health and fitness and priority your number one thing in life for the rest of your life. That 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 threw a whole new thing for a loop for me. But uh, yeah, but here's what I can tell you is that I I do know that in the times when I've remained when I was less consistent, I noticed that a few weeks later, sometimes a few months later, I would see the effects of that down the road. And so yeah, I, my suggestion is that you remain consistent. But if you can't commit yourself to ongoing weekly new episodes, then maybe consider consider doing seasons or hiring somebody to help you or whatever the case may be. Hopefully, hopefully that will help you. Now, there is one other thing that Adrian said that I'd love to address real quickly in here, and that is the fact that she said not only does she have less time for podcasting, that it, it seems that she has less time for podcasting, but also less time for serving and so I wrote these little notes down in my workflowy. I talked about workflowy lately uh, in uh, my podcast development newsletter. I'll talk about that again in just a moment. But anyway, in workflow, I wrote down a couple notes about serving. So the first note I wrote is, is it that there is less time for serving or are you now finding that your situation calls for you to serve in different ways? So I know for me personally, I struggled with the idea of not being able to serve everyone 
who came into my email inbox because that's what I did when I first got started. And, you know, when, I mean, in the early days of getting, a you know, your online business efforts going and all this stuff, you're just desperately looking at your email every day, wishing people would, you know, be interacting with you because, you know, people are getting to know who you are. Um, people are testing the waters to see if they want to hire you or work with you. And, and you're going out of your way to help and serve these people, you know, not expecting that anything in return, but hoping that maybe the law of numbers will be on your, will be in your favor and that you'll be blessed with some clients and, and some of them will work with you, right? But, but your, what your heart is in the place of, I want to serve people. I want to help people. And that, that's where my heart has been since day one. And well, in in the early days, I was able to answer every single email and not just answer every email with the acknowledgement that I received the email and gave some kind of response. But I'm talking about if you back in 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, in any of those years, if you would have sent me an email, doesn't matter how long or how short. I would have responded to your email with a very lengthy response, extremely detailed and and very thorough and thought out, a response to any and every question you would have ever asked me. And I did that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, And actually, if you consider that, you know, the three year period of time that I just talked about from 2005, 2006, 2007. I would have said that I've done, I did that for over a thousand people, and I'm talking about spending hours sometimes responding to a single email. Well, guess what? Today I can't do that. I get a couple hundred emails every single day, and today I can't do that. And so it, it I struggle with the idea that I can't serve these people who are just discovering me for the very first time. They listen to a lot of, uh, you know, several episodes and they respond and they ask me a question and unfortunately, I just don't have the time to devote to commit and committing myself to answering each one of these. It, there, there's just not enough hours in the day if that's all I did every day and obviously, I can't just only do that, you know, all day. I've got to, I do need to spend some time at the gym. I do need to eat lunch and and stuff like that. I I do need to work on some other things in my business that are generating income. Although I would argue that answering some of these questions are part of what could and likely may lead to a significant amount of potential income moving forward. But again, not having that being the primary reason of why we answer these emails and serve people. But the the idea of serving people is and not being able to serve them when you have less time that is, it, it can be very disconcerting, especially if your heart is in the right place. And I love a quote that I heard from Andy Stanley, and that is what he said. What he said was, eventually, once you become successful, you become so successful at some point where the more successful you become, the less accessible you'll have to become. And I hate that truth, but it is very much truth. The, the more successful you become, the, the more successful you become in as, and by the successful, maybe the more people that, the more exposure you have to the more people you have in your community, the more people who are engaging with you, asking who, who are reaching out, asking for your advice, the more of those people that are out there, the less accessible you'll be to them overall. The percentage of the, it, it just, you just can't keep up. And I love what he says to follow that up, though. He says, well, he goes, here's how I learned to deal with this. He says, I do for some what I wish I could do for everyone. And I have taken that on. I live that out every single day. I do I do not have time to respond to every single email. Or I actually, by the way, I do still. If you send me an email, there is a there is a, about a 95% chance that I'll respond to your email within 48 hours. Um, there, there's, there's a likelihood I could actually respond to your email within 24 hours. Um, and you know, and if you're a paid client, obviously I, it's almost a guarantee that I'm going to be right back in touch with you. But, um, the thing is, is that today my responses sometimes are pre-written responses that I know 
are very well thought out and helpful because I use a program called Text Expander where I took, I think it's the top 15 or 20 questions that people ask me every single day. And I have, you know, I'm able to copy and paste, or I'm able to type in a keyword and Text Expander um, pastes in, let's just say, five paragraphs worth of information. And that's exactly what they were looking for. And, and that's always feels good. And I'm, I still have time to do that for all those people who email me. But there are some people that just, they, they're like, Cliff, I, I, they tell me about how much they love the show. They tell me about how they found me and all this other stuff. And they say all these wonderful things. And then they, they're like, I just have this, I know you're busy, but I just have this one question. And, you know, I have this mixer and they give me their exact model. And they said, and I have this recorder and they give me their exact recorder. And, and they said, the thing is, is that I'm having a problem where it's doing this, this and this. And in the software settings, I have this, this, this. And by by the way, their quick question is usually the subject line. And just to read the email and really put my wrap my mind around exactly what's going on and what they're explaining, it takes about five to eight minutes just to read the email. And then to respond, typically I would need more information. It's like, okay, well, what cable are you using? Is that a mono or stereo cable? Um, I've, you know, I, I would need to pull up the exact model of the mixer and I would l- need to look at, you know, the owner's manual and see, does this one have z- insert ports? And, you know, is the, uh, is it an RCA plug or is it a phone plug, you know, a, a one point, a quarter inch phone plug? You know, there's all these different things and I'm like, gosh, just to respond to this person's email, it, if I, to do it any justice at all, I would either need more, almost always need more information and usually about two or three more threads back and forth for us to, to, for me to even begin to help you with this quick question that you have. Or if I have all the information necessary for me to give you an adequate response and communicate it thoroughly in a way that there's just no way that you can't understand exactly what I'm saying, it took me 45 minutes to write that email response. And well, you know what? I do that for about two or three people every single day. About two or three people. And I, I'm not kidding you. That That's about an hour and a half, sometimes two hours a day. I still do that. And, and I still do that because I wish I could do it for everyone. I still do it because I have a heart and desire to help people. I, I, I still do it because in, in some way, I know that by doing that, there's a chance that those people say, wow, if I ever do decide to hire somebody, if I ever do want to to take this to the next level and have Cliff as my personal coach, I will sign up for podcasting easy. There's some people that are going to do that, or if anything else, they'll 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 just be somebody out there who speaks positively about me and my brand when they're talking to other people. It's like, oh, that Cliff Raymond's man, the most helpful guy I've ever known. And there's a lot of people who say that. Unfortunately, today, Adrian, there's some people out there who uh, will say things about me like, you know that Cliff Raymond, all he cares about is the money. That's all he cares about. If you're not gonna pay him, he's not going to do anything for you. And, and they have said those things about me. And the, I mean, the, the number of people that pull it, say that are few and far between, but the reality is is that sometimes I have to respond and say, listen, I, I, I value the fact that you've sent me this question. Um, unfortunately, I get a lot of questions like this every single day, and I, as you can imagine, I can't, respond to each and every one of them individually. And then I link them to valuable resources that I have available for free. I also send them, I send them links to some Facebook groups that have thousands of podcasters in there who, you know, lots of them would love to jump in and, and, and be a part of making your day better by helping provide some insights and stuff like that. So I give them, even in my response that says, I'm sorry, I'm not available to personally answer this for you. I give them the resources, but still there are some times when they just like, yeah, never mind. Forget I even asked. I see that it's only about the money for you. And then they go off and that's their day. <laughs> it's like, whatever. So I, you know what? Do for some what you can, what you wish you could do for everyone. Understand that not everybody's going to be happy with you uh, if you're not able to help them in the way that you have helped everyone else per, maybe in the past. Um, but also remember this. Uh, the content that you are creating is serving people. It is helping people. So every single time you record a podcast episode, the number of people that you can serve is potentially 
I'm not going to say unlimited, but maybe I do mean unlimited. I mean, because it, it's not a, it's not just relegated to the audience that you have today. But man, th- this thing, this one episode could be something that uh, over the course of the next 15 years of being online could help hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even more. You, it, I, you never know, right? So anyway, just just know that when you're creating your podcast content, when you're creating your blog content, any of that content that any of that stuff that you do for free and you share it publicly online, you're helping, you're serving people, and and just know that you know. Hey, also remember to that when you're serving those who are customers, you're also spending your day serving as well. And I know that it it may seem and may feel differently because well, I'm getting paid to serve. And and that for me that's the one thing I I get sh- I struggle with. It's like sometimes my days are so filled with the things that I'm doing with people who have paid me. It's like what am I doing for people who can't afford to pay for me, uh, and and what I do. And and that again that's when I go back to do for some what you wish you could do for everyone. I hope that helps, Adrian. Thanks for the question. Speaking of helping people and and serving people and having people's lives be positively impacted by the content that you're creating and you may not even realize it i that's that's my transition into this email that i received from kurt stone and his very inspiring podcast journey journey now what i'm going to do is i'm going to read you his email first and then out afterwards in my workflowy account i have outlined uh, some of the responses that I have to many of the things that he wrote because there's so much gold in here. So first, let me read to you the email from Kurt. This is what he says. He says, hi, Cliff. I really enjoyed episode 479 of the Cliff Ravenscraft show, and I'd love to come out of the shadows. I really, I can really relate to the stories you told this week. Here's a bit of my podcast story that you have truly influenced. You deserve most of the credit, and you don't even know it. I listened to your show for a couple of years before I started our podcast. I believe I found you through the Internet Business Mastery podcast that I also listened to for a couple of years before taking action on my podcast. My initial desire was to start an internet business, but I've struggled to develop a niche that I'd be excited about and that could also be profitable. The only niche that I could passionately talk about week after week was Disney World. Again, I was reluctant to start a podcast in this niche because it's a crowded space with lots of podcasts. I couldn't think of a way that I could build an income from this niche either. I told my daughter for Christmas 2013 I wanted two microphones, the ATR2100s, and a mixer. I asked her if she would join me in podcasting, and she agreed. By March of 2014, I had my equipment but I had not started podcasting until my daughter said, hey, dad, we gonna do your podcast or not? Through advice from you and others, I decided to just get started and see what happened. I'm a tech lead and developer in my full-time job. I had been using WordPress to build and host three of our church's websites. I used a combination of your tutorial and Pat Flynn's tutorial to learn the podcasting setup. And in April 2014, we started geeking on WDW podcast. At first, I used my iPad to record with the camera kit off the mixer. The next Christmas, I got a Roland R-05. And he put a a little smiley face there, Uh, which, by the way, is my favorite piece of podcasting gear. Anyway, he says, your podcast is my number one favorite. I'm so glad you changed your direction from the technical to the business and internal struggles of creating a podcast. I also enjoyed your previous show as you walked in your neighborhood just telling us your story. Here's some of my thoughts on what's been awesome about our podcast adventure so far. First, I love doing it. I never get bored, and it's a big joy in my life. 
I love feeding this passion for Disney World and podcasting. It's bigger than what it seems on the surface. Disney World is a special place because of the dreams fulfilled there and the happiness displayed. We've built an amazing community of people. Your advice was huge here. I focused on the people and it's fun to see them enjoying the friendships that are being made. I was amazed how great the people we interviewed were and continue to be. The, this past year, I tried doing a fundraiser for a listener who lost her husband and has two small children. I asked our audience to donate towards helping with costs to send her eight-year-old daughter to Bippity Bobbity Boutique at WDW Castle. It was her first trip. We raised $550. She lives 30 minutes from our house. My wife and a friend of ours drove down to meet her to deliver the gift cards. Great experience. We interviewed two authors from one of the best books on Walt Disney World, The Unofficial Guides. They loved our interviews, and now we have three more that are scheduled for Disneyland, Disney Beyond Disney, and the Disney Cruise. We have a travel agent sponsor now that we've connected with who covers all of our hosting costs. Not a day goes by that we don't have a listener in the parks or that I don't get messaged from a listener. Our Facebook group is crazy busy and engaged. I get care packages in the mail from France, the Isle of Wight in the United Kingdom. Listeners uh, send me coffee mugs and other stuff from the parks. I'm going to Walt Disney World in January to take my daughter down for the college intern program. I plan on meeting nine listeners in the park during this trip. I know our show lifts spirits for many people as I've had many of them tell me, like our friend in the UK who broke his leg and our loyal community gave him encouragement. The best part of this adventure is that I have no idea where this little show is going to take us, but I do know it will be amazing and fun. I do dream of being a snowbird one day, living part of my year in Florida. Can you imagine how much fun it will be to meet listeners while they're in Disney World? Thank you, Cliff, for what you've done and continue to do to help me chase my dreams. Right now, funds are low as I finish putting my three kids through college, but one day I'd really like to meet you and have you as a business coach. I love the direction you're going with your business and I hope to be a part of it in the future. Your virtual friend, Kurt Stone. Kurt, wow. Thank you so much for this email. And now, I, in my mind, I only have about 15 minutes left to respond and share some thoughts that have come to this, to, to my mind, as a result of the things that you have here. So I'm just gonna go line by line in my workflowy outline here. By the way, if you don't know what Workflowy is, go to workflowy.com and of course, uh, sign up for my podcast newsletter and in a couple weeks, if you're just now signing up, you'll get an, a great tutorial that shows you how I use Workflowy in my podcast workflow. And uh, you can sign up for the newsletter, by the way, at podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter, podcastanswerman.com slash newsletter. All right, anyway, he says, I listened to your show for a couple years before I started our podcast. All right, and so what I wrote down here is, again, you never know who's out there listening. This is yet another person who has been listening to this podcast for many years who is only just now deciding to reach out for the very first time. Kurt Stone never heard his name before this week, but he's been listening for years and he's told me about how he says, he said, thank you, Cliff, for helping me make my dreams come true. That's, that's how much of an in positive impact and influence I've had on his year, on his life for years. And I had no clue until just this week when he finally reached out and said, Cliff, this is how your show has impacted me. Wow. And so I, the reason I share this isn't just for you guys to say, wow, how awesome is Cliff? No, this I want to encourage you. Don't think because people aren't reaching out to you that you're not making a difference. When you look at your download numbers and you see it's got you know 70 downloads, just know that one of those 70 people might be somebody who's just like Kurt Stone, who's having... A, who you are having a profound and positive impact on that that it may be 
it may be many years down the road before he ever reaches out or she reaches out to let you know that they're listening. And you know what? There's a good chance that some of them will never reach out and let you know. But just the fact that you're creating content, trust me, I promise you there are people out there who are benefiting, especially if you see consistent numbers week after week and you see a slow and steady increase in the number of people who are downloading each episode. The next thing he said that I, or that I want to point out is he said he found me through Internet Business Mastery, which is another podcast from my friend Jason Van Orden. Anyways, uh, and, and the point here is that, you know, discoverability, I, there's a lot of people out there that talk about the problem with podcasting is discoverability. It's so hard to, for people to discover new podcasts. I've never understood that statement, that argument. Um, I, I think I could probably e- expand my mind to see what they're saying, uh, but you know what? I just don't buy it. I just don't see it as a, I, if in a way I kind of like how it's not so prevalent that you just, cause it, let me just say this word of mouth is just as effective today as it was in the past. And, and here's what I'll say, do something or, or I'd say, do something or be someone worth talking about and people will discover you and potentially your show. There you go. Do something or be someone worth talking about. And word will get out. (laughs) All right. Anyway, my next thing here, uh, he says, my initial desire was to start an internet business, but I've struggled to develop a niche that I'd be excited about and that could be profitable. Boy, so many people are struggling with this one. So many people. And you know what? I have some very close personal friends of mine that are extremely popular who will tell you that, yeah, you don't always have to be extremely passionate about whatever niche you choose and stuff like that. You can still have some success with something that you're moderately interested in or something that you could research. And, and you know, there there's something to be said with that, but it, I think it really de- it does come down to what how you define success. And I know for some people, they they're not looking for just some kind of cash machine, cash generating automated machine <laughs> although wait a second in some I guess in some ways it's like well, that, that wouldn't be so bad would it uh, but no some of us are really looking for something that we could that that fulfills not just the income side of things but it really does tap into who we are and what our gifts and talents are and, and, and brings a sense of fulfillment and purpose in our lives and and stuff like that and so I, you know, I, I'm glad that, you know, people are wrestling with this and they're not just blindly going into a career that will just be profitable. And and I can say this from experience. I, I left a career that was extremely profitable to fro- follow my passion related to podcasting. And and that if you guys aren't familiar with my story, some of you are relatively new to the show. You know, I was an insurance agent for 11 years in a family-run insurance agency that's been owned by my family since 1929. And I was next in line to take over. In fact, my mom just retired. My dad just sold the business and is is going to retire. Like, he'll end up not working there probably within the next 24 months. And had I not left that business nine years ago, I would own that agency today. And I guarantee it it's a ton of money I could be making. But you know what? I I was miserable in that job. And so I'm 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 glad people are out there and they're not just settling for something that's profitable, but they're looking for something that could be profitable, that can generate income, but also something that they can be passionate about. So I'm glad you're not alone. In, in that struggle. There are a lot of people who are listening right now. It's like, yep, that's me. All right, so he says, um, Kurt said, the only niche I felt I could po- passionately talk about week after week was Disney World. So, um, and by the way, I'm glad that you chose the topic, uh, Disney World. And he says that he was reluctant to start a podcast in this niche because it was crowded with lots of podcasts. My feeling on that, people have probably heard me say this so many times, they're sick of hearing me say it. But listen, nobody else in this world has a podcast that is sharing your heart, your words, your feelings, your stories related to this niche. 
Nobody in this world has a podcast with your voice as it relates to Disney World. Nobody. You're the I, I can guarantee you, you're the only Disney podcaster who lives within 30 minutes of the lady uh, who lost her husband and has two young kids whose eight-year-old daughter had the experience of the bippity-boppity-boo-teak as a result of the generosity of your audience that you cultivated. Nobody, nobody else has a podcast that was going to do that for that individual. And so, yeah, I'm glad that you moved forward and just said, hey, let's see where this goes. All right, uh, let's see here. I couldn't think of a way to build an income from this niche either. Uh, and so here's what I wrote in my notes here. First of all, it's funny how when you start moving in the direction of doing something that you truly love, that you're passionate about, how opportunities for income just start popping up naturally. I, I've said this before, and, and I know that there are some caveats to this, but do something you love and the money will follow. I believe there is something to be said for that. Now, uh, there there are some other things that need to be in play, all right? I, I get that. But in essence, when we are operating in our sweet spot and, and something we're doing something that we genuinely love and we're passionate about, that shines through. And we're putting more, when we when we're that passionate about doing something, then we're more excited about it. we put more of our energy more of of our of yeah our, our put more of who we are into it and the more you invest into something the greater rewards and so yeah I, and so back to this what by the way if you haven't done so already um i certainly encourage you to check out wdw radio with my friend uh lou mangello and just look on, online, you'd probably be able to find on YouTube or something some of the talks that he's given at conferences. Um, and and Lou's got tons of things that he's done where he generates his full-time income from his Walt, his love of Walt Disney World. And Lou's been a friend of mine for many, many years. WDW Radio, check him out. I'm sure, you know, in that space, you're already very familiar with him. And by the way, just because he's doing some of these things and you don't ever allow yourself to think, well, you know, Lou's already got that covered. No, Lou Lou has it covered by the people who are drawn and attracted to Lou. There are going to be people who are attracted to you. My friend Ray Edwards said this recently. I'm going to quote him several more times. And then finally, I'm just going to own it myself because I think that that's what Ray said he does from time to time. But Ray says, listen, there are some people who will only respond to your voice in this industry or in this niche. There are some people who will only respond to the way that you communicate and who you are, your personality. So look at some of the things that Lou's done and and see what you can do there. There, There's, he's done some amazing things. All right. The next one, he says, I told my daughter that um, I wanted to podcast and she agreed. So that's the next thing. First of all, I just want to say, I love that you're doing this with your daughter. uh, And it sounds to me like she's college aged. So um, I think that's incredibly awesome that she's doing this with you. I've been podcasting with my wife for more than 10 years now. In fact, tomorrow is uh, Friday, December 16th. It was December 16th, 2005. So it's actually been 11 years tomorrow or the day that this is being released. It's 11 years today. Today is my 11th year of anniversary of podcasting. So how about that? 11 years but yeah, Stephanie and I have been podcasting every week for 11 years, and I've also done podcasts with two of my oldest children. My daughter, Megan, who is now 17, she used to have a podcast called the Hannah Montana Fun Pet, the Hannah Montana Fan Podcast. She had 38,000 subscribers to that podcast. Anyway, uh, but yeah, my daughter, Megan, and I used to do that. It turned into the world of according to Megan after she you know, wasn't as interested in Miley Cyrus anymore, but um and we did that, We did, I guess we did that for at least a year, maybe even more. I don't know. Uh, but that was an incredible time with her. My son and I did a, uh, he's 15 now. Uh, he did He did a podcast called Gaming with Matt. It did not last as long. Uh, he was too busy playing his games. But he's still a gamer today. 
And uh, who knows? I may do some podcasting with them. Now, my daughter, McKenna, she's been featured on several of my podcasts in the past. Uh, but she and I have never done a podcast that is, quote unquote, her own. Uh, but you never know. That might come up in the future here before too long. We'll see. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I love that you 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 just decided to do this with your daughter and that she said yes. Uh, let's see here. He says, your podcast is my number one favorite. So I'm I'm so glad that you changed the direction from the technical to the business and internal struggles of creating a podcast. And I just got to say, Kurt, this feedback brings me great, great joy. It really does. Uh, you know, it, it, it's been quite a journey this last year of, of, of identity. I really have a great sense of what my identity in the world is now, how Podcast Answer Man plays into that. And um, yeah, I'm excited about the year ahead and, and all of the things that will follow. All right, so thank you for that feedback, and, and and it's a great honor, wow, to be somebody's number one favorite podcast, and yeah, incredible, thank you. How, how about that? Guys, you could have somebody out there that your podcast is their number one favorite podcast, and it's been years until you finally hear about it. I love it. Anyway, fun, thank you. All right, so uh, the next one is, I also enjoyed your previous show as you walked through your neighborhood just telling us your story. Now, what he's referring to is a podcast that I used to produce called Pursuing a Balanced Life. And, you know, I've I've been thinking a lot lately about bringing some of that archived content into this show and playing some of the, I shared so many different things, the good times, the bad times, times of high anxiety and stress, all that stuff. I put it all in this podcast, which was a kind of like a almost daily audio journal of my life as I went from podcasting as a hobby into turning this into the business that it is uh, into a full time business, and then uh, what the, what it's been like to grow this business all the way up till this year. And so I have all these archives, and I've been thinking about bringing some of that into this show, and then maybe even bringing some commentary and some updates about how I've progressed over the years and specifically mindset and things like that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And I've even toyed around with the point, with the idea of maybe doing a segment every now and then, not a full episode, but a segment every now and then ago of, um, uh, you know, a walk with Cliff segment and where I'll just go out and just talk as I'm going out for a walk. Probably will be in the spring before that happens though because it's freezing cold. Uh, I'm looking right now. Uh, it is 14 degrees Fahrenheit outside. So uh, it, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But anyway, I'm glad you enjoyed that podcast as well. Okay, so the next one here is that um, we have attracted a, sp- a travel agent as a sponsor. And uh, because of connecting with him, they're now covering all of their hosting costs. And I think this is awesome. Uh, I just want to encourage you that it is very likely that many other income opportunities will come your way. There are really already several other opportunities that are available to you. And I know that eventually some of those will come naturally. Sometimes it just takes an outside perspective from people out there that says, oh, have you thought of doing this? But man, yeah, that's incredibly awesome. So congratulations on getting your first sponsor. And uh, I just hope that you'll uh, be able to realize some other income opportunities as soon as you possibly can. He says, the best part of this adventure is that I have no idea where the show is going to take us, but I I know it'll be amazing and fun. And yeah, there's, there's no question in my mind uh, that I hope that everyone who's listening to this podcast episode will take this away from the story. You don't know where your podcasting adventure is going to take you. You have no clue, but if you choose something you're truly passionate about and you just get out there and you just launch it and you build community and you care about people and you serve them, you'll be shocked at where things might lead you. And and who knows? And for some people, they launch a podcast and it's a couple months later or even, you know, many months later, they decide that wasn't the podcast for them. But based upon that experience, they've decided, well, maybe there's this other podcast that I could do. And they shut that on the original one, start a different one in a different direction, and boom, that's the one that takes off. And then there's Ijama Ilezu, who wasn't until her fourth podcast till she found her voice. Anyway, just 
just get out there and start something, my friends. That's why I share this with you today. That's why I'm so excited about this feedback. Anyway, he says, I, he says, I do dream of being a snowbird one day, living uh, part of my year in Florida. So I just want to say, keep dreaming. I, I do believe dreams come true. And I think that if you focus on this dream enough, I bet you the more you allow yourself to just ponder what life might look like if you were this this uh, snowbird living a part of your year every year in Florida, if you were to just allow your mind to roam wildly over that idea enough, I bet you you would find that the plan for how to make it a possibility will start to come into focus. Just putting that out there for you. Anyway, he says, thank you, Cliff, for what you've done and continue to do to help me chase my dreams. Wow. The greatest honor I could have is to know that what I'm doing is helping people chase their dreams. Thank you so much, Kurt, for that feedback. Incredibly awesome. Again, I don't share all of that just to say, hey, guys, look at how awesome I am. I share this because it's an incredibly inspiring story that there's so much to learn from. I hope that you found this, me sharing this feedback, extremely valuable. And if if so, I would love to know what part you found most inspiring. You can let me know over at podcastanswerman.com slash 480. That's episode 480. The comment section there, just leave me a comment there and say, Cliff, the the, the biggest takeaway from this episode was me, for me was, and then fill in the blank. And if it's been more than four weeks or whatever and the, the comments section is closed and you're listening to this well over a month after I've published this, you can always send me an email, cliff at podcastanswerman.com, Pod, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Anyway, uh, before I officially wrap up here, I just want to let you know that my next session of podcasting A to Z is in two weeks. We're going to launch on January 2nd. I do still have some spots available. I would love to work with you. In fact, let me just tell you, David Delp is one of the students who have signed up for my course. He says, Cliff, you knocked it out of the park. I went to the gym this morning, put my earbuds in, started working out, and bam, I heard you talking about us. It was a defining moment. Uh, When I heard you say David Delp is launching a podcast around the first of the year, it became real. And it became a non-negotiable. Donna and I, which I believe Donna is his wife, uh, Donna and I have decided to do podcasting A to Z. You can so you can kick our butts and make sure we launch. I just signed up. I owe you the cost of A to Z anyway, even if I didn't take the course. Wow, this is getting real. I'll see you in January. Thanks, Cliff. David Delp, and of course, I think David was the email feedback that I featured just last week. So. Awesome. I can't wait to work with David. Uh, If you haven't listened to that episode, go back to episode 479 and uh, have a listen to it. And then uh, I've got another student who's signing up. I won't say their name because I haven't got specific uh, things here, uh, permission to share, but I'll just share a little bit here. This client was saying, or this customer, this future student, I should say, was having a lot of trouble with Pamela software, recording Skype calls on the Windows computer, and the alternative software that he's using was introducing poor audio quality issues. He's running into time management issues. Uh, he likes to delegate. He would like to delegate more of his podcast workload, but he can't figure out what to try to offload and how to offload it. He says he feels like he's on a hamster wheel and trying to manage interviews, editing and producing and publication. And I just can't seem to get ahead. And then he says, and I'm on my own. A lot of the times I feel like I'm really out there all on my own. I have a good support at home for my business. I work for myself and I have for 18 years, but I don't feel like I have a good resource to turn to when it when I'm trying to figure out something like sponsor packages, what works, how should I price them, sound issues. I'm just stuck and the forum I'm on doesn't give much help and so forth. So This is somebody, by the way, who has been podcasting already for quite some time who has also signed up for Podcasting A to Z. In fact, I've got several other students and they've got some amazing stories there. If you are looking to launch your podcast, I would love to be your personal coach for the first four weeks of 2017. 
head over to podcastinga2z.com. If you do, spend some time and randomly pick out, I'm gonna, I would love to ask you to do me a favor, pick out five random tutorials, by the, or testimonials. There are over 60 testimonials on that site. I would ask you to just randomly pick five testimonials and read what former students who have gone through this course have said about their experience with podcasting A to Z. That will give you a better feel for what this course has to offer than anything I can tell you. So go check it out, podcastinga2z.com. I would love to work with you. And by the way, if you are an existing podcaster and you are experiencing frustrations related to podcasting, let me be your coach, your personal coach for four weeks. I would love to encourage you, help you take things to the next level, and and yeah, what a great opportunity it will be for me to get to know you better as well. All right, thank you so much, everyone, and uh, until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast! It's a man.